Welcome in episode 201, What's Right with Nick Wright. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. If you ask me, nothing goes quite together like food and football, especially in the fall. College football on Saturday, college football playoff coming up, and the pros on Sunday. U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your living room. Earn four times the points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza and watch the big game on that giant screen TV of yours. Earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're tailgating at the stadium, hot dogs and hamburgers. Even getting to the game can be rewarding. You'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more or learn more, pardon me, about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth 200 bucks if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, huge show. What a football game last night. Sidebar, I don't think there's anyone in the media business that does better than I do at seamlessly going from the actual ad read to like a different voice and pacing on the fine print part of it. The copyright 2023 McDonald's. Like I just do it great and people might think that's recorded. Yeah, I do. Exactly. I try to do what you hear like in television commercials when they do when it's like they're advertising like a pharmaceutical and it's like a man happy in a meadow. And then at the end, they're like, (laughs) yeah, then at the end, they're like, you might poop your pants, but they want to say it real fast. Um, But I just think I'm great at it. Uh, What a game last night. We'll get right to it. So, Demonze's here, by the way. I, You know, I haven't introduced this show in a very long time. My name is Nick Wright. If you're watching, you probably know it, or the YouTube algorithm sent you here, or you're sick of podcasts, you know what I mean, that you thought were going to be about sports that are just talking about the oddest sexual proclivities imaginable, so you've stumbled upon us. So... If, you, if you're new, I'm Nick. I host a show on uh, FS1 called First Things First. You can watch it uh, 3 p.m. Eastern every day. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can see this podcast. On Tuesdays, you can also see me on Colin Coward's television show about 105-ish Eastern uh, every Tuesday. Demonze is co-hosting from Los Angeles. He's my son. He used to be here with me. He now works in L.A. for Fox Sports and does this with us Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the first 200 episodes, he was paid an experience. The next 200 episodes, he will be paid in experience. All right, here's what missed the cut. Missed the cut for today's show. The Panthers selling tickets for 45 cents. John Morant set to make his season debut. Luckily, the Grizzlies had his back. They went 6-19 and without him. So weird because if you remember the last couple years, the Grizzlies actually had an identical winning percentage with or without Joss, so they kind of seemed like a team that maybe could survive his absence. Uh, spoiler alert. They couldn't. And Gillette Stadium boos Taylor Swift. How'd that work for them? I hope they enjoyed the Jared Mayo, Drake May era as it is upon them. Okay, if they're lucky enough to get Drake May. But where we've got to start is with Kansas City's own Drew Locke from Lee Summit, Missouri. Now, I don't really get to claim Drew Locke because I have been uh, hard on him in his career. He was really, really terrible for the Broncos for a lot of years. Uh, But... If you didn't, and we're not going to play it, and we'll get to the game in just a moment. If you didn't um, see the end of last night's Monday Night Football game, the post-game interview, Drew Locke does two and a half minutes with Lisa Salters that is downright inspirational. And that means the only two noteworthy on-field post-game interviews that I can remember in the last two years have both come from Seahawks quarterbacks. There is the Geno one from game one, I think it was game one, whenever it was last year, it was a night game when he said they wrote me off but I ain't right back, just an iconic bar from Geno Smith, and then Drew Locke with some really touching honesty. First, he gave all the credit to his teammates, genuinely, then he said, he was like, it's been a long time since I've had a moment like this. He's like, you have human emotions, wondering, can you still do it? And then he had a really cool, almost accidental line where he's like, 
And then I got out there and I'm like, yeah, I'm still the man. And that's the thing that I think I, you know, maybe we all, myself included, and I promise we'll get to the actual game in a moment, uh, forget about these backup quarterbacks or guys who once were starters who can't hack it and or you know get relegated to the bench or guys who are just bad pros and Drew Lock up to this point in his career that's what he's been maybe this is a turning mo- uh, fork in the road for him is at every other level these guys except for Tim Boyle at every other level they these destroy. guys dominated they yeah. were they in in high school they were probably the most popular Certainly, you know, best athlete, just absolute alpha icon. In college, they were one of the very best, if not the best. They've known nothing but success and dominating. And I don't necessarily want to say things coming easy for him, but for a lot of them, things come easy for him. And then they deal with nothing but failure or disappointment or people point they they had always been the reason their teams were good and then at the quarterback position when these guys don't make it they become the reason everyone thinks the team can't win it's like well you can't win with that guy and that's okay all right well that's except i mean trevor lawrence please leads the division came off a playoff win that's let's not let's not go there uh listen the guy's hurt i mean andy had a concussion do you i mean serious brain injuries you're making light of guys come on let's try to have some professionalism here uh i'm just messing with you demonte he did he did he he played (laughs) he he, no yeah he is in concussion protocol but i'm just trying to make you feel uncomfortable um but no guys who they don't have any experience dealing with uh, most of these guys have lost at various points trevor rarely did but most of them have lost at various points but they have no experience of, wait, I'm at fault here. People are blaming me. And then that's all they experience in the pros. And that moment for Drew Locke yesterday was phenomenal. Was not so phenomenal for Philadelphia. And Demonze, that's where we will really get into the show. Go ahead. Yeah, so Philly just lost their third straight. Drew Locke obviously led uh, the Seahawks to a game-winning drive. Um yeah. Yeah. So Jalen Hurts is hurt. Obviously, nobody else or no, not not hurt. He was sick. It was not sick. anybody else on the yep. team was sick. Uh, are the are the yep. Eagles on fraud watch? Yeah. So when it comes Super Bowl winner, yeah, definitely. Right. And so there's there's two buckets of concern for Philly. The first one is not going to get fixed, and that's their defense. And this was, this is a drum I have been beating for two years, but this year I have been hammering it. Can you hammer a drum? Uh, Last year, I thought the defense was a touch overrated. Statistically, it was great. Most sacks by any team in the NFL since the Bears of the 80s. But when you dug into it last year, they had a very soft schedule of opposing quarterbacks. And when they played good quarterbacks, those guys cooked. And it really felt like if you could block their front four, you could do damage on them. And that then, of course, culminated in the Super Bowl where the Chiefs gained literally every single yard they could possibly have gained in their second half possessions, except for the final yard, which they didn't want to gain. Instead, they took a knee. And they have that defense allowed 38 points. And now this year, no matter what category you look at, the Eagles defense stinks at it. And it is, if you if you want to do yards allowed, where are the Eagles in the NFL in yards allowed? The, in total yards allowed, they are 20th. In passing yards allowed, they are 28th. In points allowed, they are 26th. This is a defense. On third downs, they're bad. On red zone, they're bad. They used to be a good run defense. Now the last month, they haven't been that. And in the offseason, Eagles fans blame Jonathan Gannon. Their defensive coordinator that did such a terrible job, he got a head coaching job out of it. They blame Jonathan Gannon. And nobody shared, if you guys remember, the somewhat awkward 
uh, Hard Knocks or the knockoff version of Hard Knocks, whatever it is, the Amazon show. I shouldn't say not the other, the alternative version of Hard Knocks. Um, the Jonathan Gannon uh, speech in training camp where he's like, who took the bus? We got buddy. Who, who walked? Who drove here? And it was like a weird thing. Nobody shared that more on social media than Eagles fans. They're like, oh, this guy cost us a Super Bowl. And then three months into this season, Sean Desai, you're out of here. Matt Patricia, you're in. And now after last night, Patricia, you left Bradbury on an island? What were you thinking? Guys, it's the personnel. I know you don't like to criticize the personnel because Howie Roseman, understandably, is a golden god in Philly, but their back seven personnel stinks. And Darius Slay just had arthroscopic surgery, your best corner, so he's out. If they don't get to the quarterback, anyone can cook them, including Drew Locke going 92 yards in two minutes to win a football game. That's not changing. That's not getting fixed. And Philly fans tried to cope with it by like, oh, Kevin Byard will change things. No, he won't. Kevin Byard used to be awesome. Now he's fine. Oh, look out now. We got the maniac, Shaq Leonard, Darius Leonard from Indy. Guys, Shaq Leonard was a one of the greatest players in the league, had a terrible knee injury, and he was so bad in recovering from it Indy outright released him. He was available to the whole league. He's not coming to save the day for your team. And so Philadelphia, early in the year, they weren't playing great, but they were finding ways to win. And it's like, okay, that's their brand. Now they're not playing great and they're finding ways to lose. And now you also look at the fact that that these guys don't blow people out. Yeah, it's, here's here's their games. Five-point win over New England. Six-point win over Minnesota. And if you remember that game, Minnesota moved. I watched that game on an airplane to take your sister to college. They moved the ball up and down the field and then couldn't stop fumbling, turning it over. They had one of those reach-for-the-pylon fumble. It turns into a touchback. They beat the Buccaneers by two scores. Washington by three in overtime, the Rams by nine, lost to the Jets, beat the Dolphins by 14, that's that's a great win, Commanders by seven, Dallas by five, the Chiefs by four after the MVS drop, the Bills in overtime, then blown out by the Niners, blown out by the Cowboys, and lost to Philly, I'm sorry, lost to Seattle with their backup quarterback, not being able to get a stop at the end. That defense is not getting fixed. You're just going to have to hold on for dear life. Then you have the question Philly fans don't want to ask right now, which is, how good is Jalen Hurts? We know he's good. How good is he? And Philly fans are going to get mad. But the question that, is going to have to be at least considered is are we going to look at last year from Jalen as an outlier year? Are we going to look at last year as an outlier year? Or is this year, oh, he was banged up all year, some bad turnover luck, he'll get back to it. Because they paid him like last year was going to be the standard. And Jalen now tied with Josh Allen for league leading turnovers. I think Sam Howell as well. One of the, I think those are the leaders. Has had a fumbling issue. Is you know through another couple picks last night, and I, his numbers look very similar, not identical but similar to the numbers the year before his breakout season. And those weapons are still there. So, I am not writing off Jalen Hurts. I think he's too mentally tough, physically tough. I saw him cook in a Super Bowl. But I am also saying for Philly, you have one problem that is 
unignorable and is right now, I think, unfixable in your defense. You hope that's your only problem. Because if your other problem is you have a good quarterback but have planned on having a great quarterback, that's a problem that's going to have a long tail. And so now here is the other reality that it's easier to explain on the podcast than on the TV show. But when it comes to winning the division, the right now, the 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 tiebreakers for within a division go as follows: divisional record, followed by common opponent, followed by conference record, and then strength of victory. Okay, and it might go divisional record, then conference record, then common opponent. Doesn't matter. If Dallas and Philly both win out, Philly wins the division. Identical divisional record, identical conference record, identical common opponent. Then it will come down to strength the victory. And Dallas famously doesn't, you know, they, they have beat up on bad teams. They don't have a lot of great wins except for the win over Philly. But Philly also beat Dallas, so those cancel each other out. Philly would win the division. However... So if they both win out and they have the same record, Philly wins the division. Philly's the two or the three, and Dallas is the five. However, if Philly loses one of their next three, even if Dallas loses to Miami, everything I said about them having the same record, it flips, and now Dallas wins all the tiebreakers. So follow me here. Right, If they both win out, Philly wins the division. But if Philly loses any one of their next three and Dallas loses to Miami, then, same record, Dallas wins the division. Because then, all of a sudden, Philly has an additional either divisional loss against the Giants or conference loss against Arizona, and Dallas would have a non-conference loss against Miami. Okay? So... Dallas's ability to win that division opened up significantly yesterday. Obviously, for the Cowboys, that's massive. We'll talk more about them in a moment. And for Philly, oh boy, if they fall to the five seed, Demonze, you know who they're going to have to deal with? Oh, this would be a first things first dream. They've, they have to deal with the winner of the NFC South. You know who that's going to be? Bake Show. Oh my goodness, if Baker Mayfield at home cooks up Brew's Super Bowl pick, oh, oh my, that would be next to the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl. Like my ideal outcomes this postseason, number one is the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. Number two, if I'm being honest, is that my months-long fading of Purdy comes through in spectacular fashion. Number three would be Baker Mayfield cooking up Brew's Super Bowl pick. Oh, nothing would be sweeter. Nothing would be sweeter. You want Brock Purdy to to win the Super Bowl? Is that what you just said? No, I said said my months-long fading of Purdy coming to fading means going against. Oh, Uh, yeah, okay, and then they play the Coming to fruition. Um, All right, well, you have a follow-up here. Um, Yeah, Philly, I don't think Philly is going to lose another game for the rest of the season. But uh, but uh, what, yeah, because so they last... go Giants. Hold on, real quick, because they yeah, go Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants. Sucks. Yeah. When's the last time Philly? I mean, the good? Cowboys definitely have a way better chance of losing a game before the Eagles doing these last three. I understand, they've but got, as they've... I just explained, there the Cowboys can I... lose to Miami and be fine if Philly loses right. another game. Right. Um, exactly. And it li- I don't think they're going to. I one. just listen. <laughs> I, I mean, right now, I mean, they're ten point favorites against the Giants. And we'll see what they are against the Cardinals. I'll tell you right now, Kyler might be able to cook them up. Kyler might be able to make some hay on that secondary now. I just, Philly, when your pass defense is this bad, there's no game you're a lock for. You just lost to Drew Locke. And I know I spent the top of the show giving Drew Locke his flowers, but that did happen. You lost to Drew Locke. All right, what's the follow-up here? (laughs) Yeah, so last night, Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey was called advancing the ball before the snap. Uh, cap it off a week of offensive. Pe- uh, no, 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 screw that. Uh, did, do you think Kadarius Tony of offensive might have put the pre- Yes, go ahead. Right. Do you think Do you think Kadarius Tony might have put the pressure on the refs to be consistent with that call, and now they're might have gotten the twist well, push. 
So here's the thing. I, I, I tweeted that there's a long tail of the Kadarius Tony uh offensive offsides. During Sunday and Saturday's games, there were six offensive offsides called. Six. There were three called the entire 2021 and 2022 seasons combined. So I do not think that's coincidental. I do not think that is random. I think the referees, who are human, did not like that the face of the league and the best coach of the league and the discussion point of the league was about this penalty, and they were like, we're going to effing call it. We're going to show you we care about this penalty. But then it extended to, all right, if we are going to pay this close of attention to detail, uh, the other thing, and by the way, I'm going to make a prediction. The next thing to come is if you were watching that Eagles game last night, you're like, man, Lane Johnson sure seems to get out of his stance and start his pass block set a beat early every time. Of course he does, and he has for his whole career. He's timed it perfectly. It's technically against the rules. The refs haven't called it forever. They might start. But the other thing Jason Kelsey does, which is one of the reasons he's one of the best, if not the best center of all time, is on short yardage plays, he turns a fourth and one or a third and one into third or fourth and half a yard. He moves the ball forward a full half yard, which in a tush-push scenario is incredibly valuable. And the referees dinged him on it last night. And I don't think it's coincidental. I also don't think, as I said last week, and people thought I was a Chiefs fan coping, any of this is actually good for football or football fans. You can argue, at least with Jason Kelsey's penalty, his team's gaining an actual advantage, but I think the referees have proven to us they are not equipped right now at all times to even do the most basic parts of their job. And now they're adding to it in a way that I don't think is helpful to anybody. But I think they're trying to prove a point. And I don't think it's coincidental. All right, next. So your Chiefs finally got back in the win column, and they are now plus 300 to win the AFC behind Baltimore. They beat the Patriots by yeah. 10 points. The Patriots by 10 points. Yep. Is now the best time to double uh, to double down on the Chiefs winning the AFC? Uh, I mean, it was probably would have been before this past week, maybe, but I, the odds are around the same. Here's the deal. As Demonze sarcastically says, beat the Patriots by 10 points. As I deal with Wilds and Brew spending the entire show talking about what's wrong with the Chiefs. All right, take the Niners out. Take the Niners out. Who's, who's the team in the NFL that you can confidently say has either less problems or is better than Kansas City? Tell me. Are you going to say Baltimore or are you going to say nobody? Is it Baltimore? Was, you know I what? Gonna say Baltimore, I'll give you but... Baltimore. Okay, I'll yeah. give you Baltimore. Take the take the Niners and Baltimore out. Is there any team in the league that you can even feign an argument is better than Kansas City? Is there? Is there? Honest question. Uh, no. Yeah, I right? think the one. Okay, the one argument would probably have to be Dallas right now. Huh? You want to make the argument for Dallas today? We're going to talk about what Dallas did. The the you could. So here's my question because I think it would be, I think it would be. I, I'm glad you said Dallas. I think right now a fair power rankings might be San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Dallas, one through four. Right? San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, Dallas. I think that some right. people would have those power rankings, and I would say that's fine. So if at worst the Chiefs are the third best team in football. Do you think they are discussed as such? Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs, outside of my commentary, are discussed like one of the very best teams or a team in wild disarray? Do you think they are discussed like a true bona fide A-level championship contender or even after going to Gillette 
And it, you said it sarcastically there, Pete, the Patriots by 10 points. Took mercy on the Patriots, took knees when they, the, they couldn't even run out the clock to not score 35 on them. A team that everyone was talking about had the best defense in football the last month, moved the ball at will. Was that the discussion? On, was, it, was it that Rasheed Rice has come on to where he's going to be a 1,000-yard, 10 touchdowns as a rookie? Or was it that they have one player on the team that keeps dropping the ball? 53-man roster. Do you think there has been more discussion over the last few weeks about Patrick Mahomes, the reigning league MVP and Super Bowl MVP, playing apex-level Mahomes the last couple weeks when he had in the first two months of the or about the 28th most important player on the roster, Kadarius Tony. I think it's pretty obvious what it's been. I think that the commentary surrounding the Chiefs has been, they are discussed, at, when we talk about the Chiefs' offense, if I tell you right now, they are top 10 in yards and points, I think that shocks the audience. It's like, wait, they're top 10? And that's the thing we talk about being broken. If I tell you right now that the Chiefs ha have more production from their number one receiver this year, Rasheed Rice, than they did last year, you'd say that can't be. They lost Juju. and Juju had three touchdowns last year. Three. He didn't have 1,000 yards. And so... My frustration is a simple one. They never get blown out. They have no coin flip wins and four coin flip losses, and we know those things even out. And all of the discussion is about what's wrong with them. Now, did I do some of that to them by predicting them to go 20 and 0? Maybe. But that ship has long sailed. They lost first game of the year. I think that people bet just was expect dead. to see Patrick Mahomes. You know, you got the greatest quarterback in the league right now on your team. Probably mm -hmm. just expect them to blow teams out or do a little bit better. Probably hold them to a higher standard. Just confused why right, they're not but really taking so off. So I guess, so I, so I, and again, but you said not really taking off. You think the third best team in the league. So if the standard is that if they are not the far and away best team in football, something's wrong with them, then I'm here to tell you no team in league history would live up to that standard every single year. And then we get to Mahomes. So I'm very, so I'm glad you said that because here's the other part of it. If I were to tell you right now, Patrick Mahomes this season leads the NFL in total yards, is tied for fourth in the NFL, and touchdowns. It has a career high in completion percentage. Is fourth in the NFL in QBR. Does that line up with the commentary? No. And I he has more picks this year than in years oh. past. But yeah, I was about go to ahead. Say, yeah, I was about to say he's got go like ahead. a two to one pick uh touchdown to pick ratio. A little bit higher right, on the picks. I 13, guess, 25, 25, 13. So I guess I would argue that you can't double-dip the criticism. So are those picks because the wide receivers stink and that that's the big problem for the Chiefs? Or is it that Mahomes isn't playing up to his standard? It Logically, it it doesn't quite follow that it's both. It's not the wide receivers are doing Mahomes dirty and Mahomes isn't playing well enough. It, if you want to say, actually, Mahomes needs to play better, the wide receivers are fine, we can have that discussion. And if you want to say the wide receivers are doing him dirty, then we can have that discussion. But we are going to, and Vegas agrees, by the way, the Niners are massive Super Bowl favorites, and then Baltimore and Kansas City are 2-3 with it being very close. We're going to get to a place where... By the end of the regular season, when all the dust is settled, certainly by the end of the wild card round of the playoffs, the Chiefs are the favorites to win the AFC. And aside from on my show when I'm talking, the vast majority of conversation surrounding them all year has been what's wrong with them. And I think that is misplaced. That's all. We'll see if I'm proven wrong. Maybe, uh, like, let me ask this question. 
Do you think there has been more positive commentary this season overall on the Kansas City Chiefs or on the Buffalo Bills? On Patrick Mahomes or on Josh Allen? Because one team is in ninth place and needs to win out to make the playoffs, and the other on Christmas Day will clinch their division for the eighth straight year. It just doesn't quite sync up to me. All right, next. Okay, so uh, your Cowboys were blown out by the Bills uh, the other day. The Bills are officially not out of the playoffs. They are still in it, but like you said, they have to fight for their lives on Christmas Day. Uh, Yep. Could, how could this have gone any worse for you? Do you how do you feel about oh, that? Oh, it couldn't. I Your mean, Super Bowl it, pick it getting blown have. out by roller coaster. I mean, it was is especially now that Philly lost because it's a blown opportunity for Dallas. They could have been solo first place in their division. They could have kept the pressure on San Francisco, where San Francisco would have to keep winning in order to be the one seed. Now, as far as the the Bills, I mean, I the Bills were called. During this game, the hottest team in the NFL, (laughs) before the game started, I should say, they were on a one-game winning streak where they didn't even play well in the second half of that one game. The Bills just continue to be evaluated by a totally different standard than the rest of the league. Now, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I also think if they were to make the playoffs, They are not this wildly dangerous team everyone else believes, but I've talked enough about the Bills. I am not shocked. I am shocked by the result of this game. I thought Dallas could put it on them. I was dead wrong on that. And I am shocked that Buffalo just decided to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It worked great, and Dallas wasn't prepared for it. But I'm not shocked that the Bills' A game looks great. The Bills' A game has looked great for four years. Their problem is their inability to string those A games together, and this year their problem now is in order just to make the postseason, they're going to have to string together six weeks of wins just to be in the single elimination tournament. So I think the Bills right now are wildly overvalued by my colleagues, but We'll see if I end up being right about it. It should be noted, I've been the only person in the national media right about the Bills for four years now. Maybe this is the year everyone else is right and I'm wrong, but I've had this team pretty well pegged for four seasons in a row. Uh, and I know people want this team. They remind me so much, some of the commentary about the Bills, except they don't have you know as many superstars, as the commentary surrounding uh, the Nets when they had KD, Harden, and Kyrie. People so badly want this team to be something, it's never actually shown it can be for sustained periods of time. I think the Bills are just a really fun team to watch, is what I think is what draws people. I think their games games are really fun. I I totally agree. They're very exciting. They're exciting. But they're, they're not as exciting as the Dolphins, and the Dolphins don't get... A quarter of the love Buffalo gets, even though the Dolphins are 10-4 and four and Buffalo's 8-6. and six. And I understand Buffalo whooped the Dolphins' ass when they played two months ago, but what the Dolphins have avoided that the Bills haven't is egregious losses. The Buffalo Bills this year have lost games to Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Russell Wilson. They tried to lose a game to Daniel Jones. They the the And so... This idea that they're going to win five straight and surge into the playoffs, we'll see if I'm wrong. I don't think I will be. Now, for the Cowboys, obviously, if they don't end up winning the division, they do seem to be two totally different teams at home versus on the road, and that could be a big problem for them. All right, last one. Yo, so Trevor Lawrence, your Jaguars, they they went up against the Ravens, and Trevor Lawrence couldn't bring out the dub. Uh, The turnovers were a problem per usual overthrowing i actually placed a bet on uh lamar jackson uh scoring 200 getting 200 uh 200 yards and i just needed your guy trevor lawrence to lead a drive to make him have to pass it and he couldn't do it he just couldn't do it um, a lot of the blade lamar to to have 200 yards i mean he had plenty of possessions maybe lamar should have just thrown for more yards but go ahead Jags make it a game either or. Yeah, a lot of the blame falls on Trevor Lawrence, per usual, who is uh, Mm -hmm. terrible with his fourth quarter turnovers. 
Do you think that there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence is just Josh Allen with good hair? Okay, so listen, uh, I I actually think that's kind of unfair to both of them. I think it's unfair to Josh in that Trevor hasn't shown the A-plus level sustained moments that Josh has had. And I think it's unfair to Trevor in that Trevor has not been a a head-scratching turnover machine over the last couple years. Now, he played a very poor game on Sunday night. The fumble was ludicrous. He's just running and drops the ball. And even worse than the fumble was the end of the first half. The end of the first half when they don't get points. they when It's fine if you're not going to spike the ball, but you got to throw it into the end zone. Now, what is true is... Trevor was eight and three and the Jags or the Jags were eight and three and Trevor was rolling and they were scoring 30 plus on Cincinnati and then he got the high ankle sprain and since then he hasn't been quite as good. Now that doesn't excuse the fumble or the mental mistake at the end of the first half, but I think that I think that the Jags have to be careful. Now that Trevor's in concussion protocol, because if he misses this week and they play Baker, they could lose and all of a sudden they probably won't be in first place in the division with Indy and Houston tied with them. Now, luckily for the Jags, they have the Panthers and the Titans as their next two. And so even if they don't win the division, they can get to 10 and 7 relatively easily. And that's again where people are all high on the bills the Bills lost head-to-head to Jacksonville. That's a tiebreaker that could come into play. They lost head-to-head to Cincinnati. That's a tiebreaker that could come into play. I don't think Denver's going to get to 10 wins, but they lost head-to-head to Denver. That's a tiebreaker that could come into play. Like, those tiebreakers, the Bills' path is going to be they've got to win that division. The Bills' path is going to be that they need Miami to lose uh, to either Dallas or Baltimore and then to Buffalo at the end of the year. That's the Bills' path, and I don't know that they're going to get it. Uh, now, to the Jags, here's the fact of the matter. Trevor overall this year has been disappointing compared to what I thought he would be. I thought he'd be an MVP candidate. He has not been. I thought the Jags would win 13 games. They have six losses already. And so... That is, it was looking good. Trevor was starting to play his best ball. They were eight and three. He was starting to play better. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt and they have some really bad losses. Loss to the Bengals, the loss to the Browns and Joe Flacco when Trevor throws three picks when I didn't think he should play. And then a game against the Ravens where I didn't think the Ravens defense played great and the Jags missed field goal, missed field goal give the ball away on a terrible fumble, don't get points for the half. They should have had 20 points at halftime, and they had seven. Or they had zero, actually. Pardon me. Did they, how many did they have at halftime? No, I think they might have uh, had seven at that time. No, no, no. It, it was 10 nothing at halftime because they hit the long touchdown to Agnew at the start of the third quarter. But they could, I mean, yeah. they missed two field goals. They fumble the ball in the red zone. They don't get points for the half. All that's terrible. And so Trevor needs to be better. There's no denying that. Uh, all right. Brock Purdy is the overwhelming favorite for league MVP. We discuss it next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. 
from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Before we get to our game, Demonze, uh, let's do uh, the MVP discussion right now as Brock Purdy is a huge Vegas favorite. Huge Vegas favorite, especially because we got yeah. Dak and Hurts falling off. Tariq's missed time, so he's falling off. Yep. Brock Purdy is a heavy MVP favorite, and he's minus 200 to win now. Question is yep. no longer will he win the MVP. It's who can even stop him from winning the MVP. So what do you? I mean, how do you feel teammates about this? Are co- I, is, his teammates or coaches talking is, is the only thing that can maybe stop him. Kyle Shannon was asked before this last game about Christian or Brock being MVP. He's like, ah, I don't want to talk about one or the other. And then he gave effusive praise to Christian McCaffrey and tepid praise to Purdy. Uh, George Kittle was asked straight up yesterday, who do you think the league MVP is? And he said, I'd give it to Christian. And this is where, and so listen, I think Purdy's probably going to win. I do, I would prefer the MVP not turn into the Heisman Trophy, uh, where the Heisman this it's it doesn't happen so much nowadays. But there was a time in the early 2000s when the Heisman Trophy was just all right. Who's the best team in college football? Who's their quarterback? And Jason White and Chris Winkie and Danny Werfel won Heisman trophies that they shouldn't have. Um, I think Chris Winkie won. Am I making that up? Danny Werfel. Uh the, yeah, I mean, this is the, did I make a, no, he did win. So the Heisman Trophy, in fact, let me just go to it real quick. Heisman Trophy uh, 19. He is the quarterback for the most dominant team in the NFL right yeah. now. And he's got perfect passer rating games. I don't care, like, if you could, there are quarterbacks that you could put in there that are going to do worse. I mean, that's obvious, but it's like. Not anybody can do what Brock Purdy's doing, and you're just making it seem like you could throw any quarterback. What in do you that mean not? And they. What do you fine. mean not anybody? What do you not mean not anybody? anybody? I mean Zach Wilson probably couldn't go in there and do it. He wouldn't be. Oh no no no! Oh okay. So I wanted MVP I, favorite right now. Oh no no no! Of course, if you're saying so, you're saying there's only like like twelve guys that could do what Brock Purdy. Geno Smith probably wouldn't be MVP on that team. I agree. I agree. Um, no, but you don't, you you don't even think Brock. I'm saying that like they wouldn't. He wouldn't even be the MVP favorite right now. Is what I'm saying. I agree. I agree with all that. Do you think Kirk Cousins could be if he were healthy? I do. Um, do you think that? I mean, honestly, what if do you he were healthy on the that? on the on the night? Oh, okay. Uh, they they look yeah. fine, and and if and if Dak yeah. got the MVP and he was leading that dominant team. And I think he deserves the MVP. Yeah. So listen, I am. I'm not arguing uh, that I thought Brock Purdy actually made one of the best plays he's made all season in that Cardinals game. The throw to Debo. I think it was Debo. Was it Debo or Ayuk? It was Debo in the front corner of the end zone, perfectly placed. Oh, that was a elite, high level throw. Uh, I'm not arguing that every quarterback in the league could play for the Niners and look great. I think 15 could. I do think that. Um, And I think that 10 would look significantly better. And you might say, Nick, how could they look better? Well, they had a three-game losing streak directly related to his play. Like, that happened. And we do a weird thing with, like, recency bias. Like, Jalen is totally eliminated from the MVP discussion. Why? Because of a three-game losing streak. Totally out of it. Uh, Dak's eliminated from it because of one bad game. Dak was the favorite, and now he's out because of one bad game. But Brock had three in a row, but it was months ago. I, I Listen, if folks want to give the most valuable player award to a— Like, let me just—I guess here's my question. Does anybody listening think Brock Purdy— let, let's just see. You don't have to check all of these boxes, but let's see if he checks any. 
Does anybody think Brock Purdy is the best player on his own team? No. Does anybody think Brock Purdy is the most valuable player on his own team? I would argue no. Does anybody think Brock Purdy is the most talented quarterback in the NFL? I would argue no. Does anybody think Brock Purdy is the most valuable quarterback in the NFL? I would argue no. Does anybody actually think Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL? I would argue no. Does anybody actually think that if the Niners replaced Brock Purdy with literally any other quarterback that will get a single, solitary, even fifth-place MVP vote, they would get worse? So that would mean Tua, Mahomes, Dak, Lamar, Jalen, those guys. That The Niners would get worse. I would argue no. Does anybody not think that if you replace Brock Purdy with any of those quarterbacks, the Niners would get better? Well, obviously. Maybe not Tua. Maybe not Tua. But everybody else. But I also haven't been promoting Tua's league MVP. But we're going to make him league MVP. Okay. You guys have skipped the step. And this is what is so baffling to me. If the conversation surrounding Brock Purdy had simply gone to Nick, are you ready to admit he's clearly better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I would have no choice. Clearly he is. Nick, are you ready to admit he makes more wow plays than you thought he was capable of? I would have no choice but to admit it. But instead, we skipped every single step and the conversation became, are you ready to admit he should win an award that over the last you know, half dozen years has been won by Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Tom Brady? That seems to me to be a bridge too far, but everyone else is cool with it. Everyone else, every other, let me ask one other question. For every other MVP candidate, if they went down right before a playoff game, would you write their team off? Of course. For the Niners, not only would you not write them off, but deep down, if a Niner fan were asked, all right, we have to either lose Brock or Christian for this playoff game. Pick one. We have to either lose Brock or our left tackle, last time Trent that Williams. No, that is not what we saw. No, that, but that's not what we saw. What we saw was a game where Brock went down then his backup got a concussion, who was their fourth stringer, and then they were out of quarterbacks. We have not seen the Niners play a game. with. I mean, we did see them play with Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey, and in the games he started, they were undefeated, and Garoppolo had a 110 rating and looked like the best quarterback in football. But Brock's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So listen, I'm not I'm I always say I'm sick of this argument and then I do 10 minutes on it. Um I the we are going to give the league MVP award to a player that even his own teammates as of yesterday don't think he should win. Okay. Mate. So be it. You think oh you think you think Kittle's the only one? You I think, think Kittle's D- the only one. De- Debo went on a podcast saying that uh, that he definitely should get it. Or I don't know. That actually the, might not have been an MVP thing. That might have just been uh, giving respect type of thing. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, uh, listen. It, I, I and I want to read you a quote. Um, hold on. Let me find the exact quote. Gosh darn it! I have to find it, or I'm going to lose my mind here. Uh, I want to read you a a quote. Where is it? Because this is well, this so is while you look for that, to be the, fair, we've go got ahead. a poll in here uh, asking: Is Purdy the most valuable player on his team? 
32% say yes, 68% say no. Yeah, but listen, to be fair, with you. I want to read you some quotes from um, Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey, okay? Quote from Trent Williams. He's a baller. I don't know why that's ever been in question. Every time you see the man, all he does is win. He's a great teammate. He's a great dude. Just hate to see him get slighted all the time because I feel like he's such a good talent, such a good quarterback. He's the main reason we are playing that well. That's from Trent Williams. Here's Christian McCaffrey. He's such a talented quarterback. He doesn't get enough credit in my eyes at all. He's a great leader, super smart, can make any throw, and just a great guy to be around. It's been a lot of fun to be able to pick his brain and mesh with him. Uh, Trent Williams went on to say, we're "Playing the way that we're playing, but sorry." Yeah, yeah, it, it, exa- And then Trent Williams went on to say, when asked about the criticism he gets. It surprises me. I ain't going to lie. He does everything right. He's not a knucklehead. He's a Model A teammate. You can't get better than him. Just to see some of the people say that stuff about him, it sucks, but it's life. Jimmy's a really great dude. Oh, Those were all quotes from last year about Jimmy Garoppolo. Damn. And I thought I was making a case for Brock Purdy, but I misgoogled it. November 23rd, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, surprised Jimmy G doesn't get the respect he deserves. Ah, damn. I'm sorry. That's unfair. I really thought I was defending Brock Purdy there. And instead, it's the same. Yeah, I did. It's the same exact guys giving the same exact platitudes about a player that, unlike Purdy, right, you- we now all acknowledge stinks, and the same goddog player that I had to argue with you same dopes about for four years. Oh, he's been to a Super Bowl. When he's healthy, they win. Look at the numbers. And the you same yourself, thing. I watched... In this game, sat Sunday, that made Brock Purdy the MVP favorite, Christian McCaffrey be schemed so open that he fell down, got up, and still went into the end zone untouched. You know that play, right? Purdy sees him, Christian catches it, falls down, stands up, no one's around, and just walks into the end zone. Go ahead. You said it yourself, though. You already said it yourself. This is different from the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Being that Brock Purdy's better. Yes, he's than better. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's better. So, that does. I, I listen. Everybody has different standards fine. and different tastes. That's fine. My standard for league MVP is not be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. If that were the case, where's the Aiden O'Connell support? Let's play the game. I'm not talking MVP anymore. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. All it's right. a stupid debate. Uh, Go ahead. So we're playing a game today. It's called write-ins. We don't have any boards. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're just yeah, going to read them off. Yeah, I got sick of the boards. Yeah. All right. So first off, we're starting with, starting with Baker. Uh, yeah, Baker went to Green Bay and became the first visiting quarterback to have a perf- perfect passer rating. The Bucks are leading the NFC South, and their quarterback is so hot right now that Belichick, Belichick had to roll his sleeves up to his hoodie. To prove yeah. Tampa should build around oh, him, that's a Baker must... Photoshop. That is, that's a good one. Just keep doing that's what really he's doing. One. Keep doing what he's doing. Uh, I mean, build around him is probably too strong. But could Baker get the Geno Smith contract this offseason? Geno got three years, $75 million, $40 million guaranteed. Could Baker get that from Tampa? Absolutely. Is he the best quarterback in the division? Hands down. Is he going to be for the foreseeable future? Well, let's think about it. Carolina's stuck with Bryce, so yes. Arizona is stuck with Ritter until they draft one this year, but they're not going to have a super high draft pick, so yes. And New Orleans is stuck with Derek Carr, who's having the worst season of his career and is only going to get worse. So you're going to have the best quarterback in his division in his prime uh, who his teammates adore and who's been incredibly clutch this year. Just keep doing what you're doing, Baker. Next. The Bengals grinded out an overtime win versus the Vikings Saturday after Drake Browning led three touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. Three, jeez. This guy is better than other backup quarterbacks, right? Uh, Jake, Jake Browning's future and Jake Browning's future in the NFL is blank. 
I listen, I don't know. Right now it's hard to poke holes at him. I'm also going to say something wildly controversial here maybe, and it's not about Joe Burrow. Um I think the best thing for Jake Browning might actually be to not play again. <laughs> I think like if Jake Browning like was if he was if they were like, "Oh man, he has a he, he needs arthroscopic surgery on his ankle and he's out three weeks and doesn't play again, he maybe could be looking at millions of dollars. Like that, like Josh Dobbs wishes so badly that two weeks ago he could have been ruled out for the season. Like yeah. some, some of these guys, okay. and so, I mean, and Josh Dobbs all of a sudden is just going to be back on moving from city to city, hoping to catch on somewhere. But there was a moment where it was like, is he going to get a two year, $12 million deal as like a high level backup quarterback? Jake right. Browning can't improve his stock, but if he keeps doing it at some point, maybe you got to be like, the guy's actually good. All right, next. Wait, the Matt Flynn contract? Is that a similar situation? Yeah, so Matt Flynn yeah, so Matt Flynn was before you were a football fan. But Matt Flynn uh was Aaron Rodgers backup in Green Bay, Demonze. Matt Flynn's thing was even wilder. So Matt Flynn was Aaron Rodgers backup in Green Bay and going into the final game of the twenty eleven season, Matt Flynn had only played, really, he had only started one game in his career. And he had played well in that game. He had three touchdowns, one pick, 250 yards, late in the 2010 season. And then the final week of 2011, he was 31 of 44, 480 yards, six touchdowns, one pick. And it was right before he hit free agency. And so the Seattle Seahawks were like, oh my God, he's he's our guy. And they gave him, let me find it exactly. They gave him, at the time, there's a lot of money, three years, 20 million, 10 million guaranteed to come in and be their guy. And that same year, they drafted Russell Wilson. And to the Seahawks' credit, they were like, Russell's better. Matt Flynn is not the guy, definitely not going to be the guy. And he, um, got and money. they started Russell, and and he got his money, and then the rest <laughs> of the way, Matt Flynn was just a career backup. All right, uh, next. All right, so the Bears blew it versus the Browns, but the wide receivers are still calling Justin Fields the quarterback of the future. Chicago's front office may not feel the same way though, and they likely have two top five picks and cap space to rebuild around a top quarterback. Uh, the Blair, the Bears' offseason strategy should be link. Well, I mean, what they should try to do is see if Atlanta will give them a first-round pick for Justin Fields. Atlanta probably won't do that. So maybe a second and a fourth for Justin Fields and then draft Caleb and then draft the best player available with their own pick or trade down from there from their own pick and just keep stockpiling. But they've got cap space. they got to draft Caleb, and they, they need Justin to keep playing well he got kind of screwed over by some drops there. He's still shown flashes he's where good. somebody will All give right. up something for him. Right. Yeah, I don't know if he's good, but I think in the right circumstances he could be. He has good enough measurables. Size, arm talent, speed, athleticism, the all the things that I that you guys kill me for, you know, criticizing Brock Purdy for not having, he has all of them. And so there is like a upside to him even though he has not demonstrated any consistent level of play. All right, last one. I don't want to do the Draymond question. I'm not into it right now. Just okay. Do uh, Indy, Indy and Houston, Cleveland and Cincy all won this week with backup quarterbacks and have their team's position to make the playoffs. The coach of the year is Demico Ryan. So I, exactly right. That is correct. Listen, I, I think what Stefanski's done with four different quarterbacks is is fun. I think Shane Steichen's done a good job in Indy. I think that there are good candidates, but they are all, in my opinion, fighting for second place. I D'Amico and winning this week with Case Keenum, th that team had no hope. They had right. no belief. The defense is playing great. It's not all... Stroud's been awesome, 
But they didn't have Stroud this week, and the defense ate the Titans alive. To me, it's D'Amico Ryans with an absolute bullet. All right, quick break. Read the chat questions next. What's right? With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp. Restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up. Delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. Um, all right, uh, so, Demonze, let's roll through these listener questions real quick. Go ahead. Daniel Christosek says, would Debo Samuel put up similar wins and decent numbers if they used him at quarterback? No, because he's not a quarterback. Like, no, I don't think you could plug in a wide receiver and have him do what Brock Purdy does. I do think... There are a dozen starting NFL quarterbacks who could. No, I don't think Justin... I think Justin Fields... That that was the idea when they drafted Trey, was to have more of a dual threat, but the offense would look so different. But they would be, I mean, a wildly dominant running team. No, I don't think you could plug in Justin Fields in his current state. But I do think there are a bunch of guys you could plug in. Next. Scott Frazier has a take. Uh, Browning has, has been better than Burrow this year. Well, Burrow was hurt, but it does speak to the fact that that first month of the year when Burrow couldn't move and statistically was the worst quarterback in football, they should have at least given Jake Browning a shot, and then maybe Burrow's healthy. Then maybe Burrow doesn't suffer the uh, the wrist injury. I don't know, but they acted like they didn't have a backup quarterback on the roster. Next. Yeah, do you think the Bengals like, disserviced Joe Burrow? Is, this, like, is that a way bigger thing than what it is? I mean, I yeah. I mean, it's been a it was a big topic on first things first. But I know you just you're more of a herd guy. You're not really watching my show, but yeah, um, I don't watch it all. The, I I <laughs> talked about it quite a bit. All right, next. Um, Elliot Omar, yes. What is your favorite NFL classic type two take? I mean, it in the past it has been calling the Bills exactly right. This it will be replaced by, uh. How do I say this nicely? How the Niners get eliminated this year. That will replace it. Next. How the Niners. It's funny. You said the Niners. Yeah. I feel like you meant to say something else. Uh, negative four and two said, Nick, do you think it's possible the Chiefs know Rasheed is legit and have more in store, but are saving it until the playoffs? Well, listen, I think they're using him more and more, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it in a snap count. You're seeing it this past week in that you saw Rasheed and uh, Justin Watson. be. Rasheed was on the field almost the entire game. They're going to continue to ramp him up. And you're also going to see Travis Kelsey on the field more. I think that – I don't think they're saving Rasheed. I think they are slowly – working a rookie in till he's fully kind of, you know, into the offense. I think with Travis, they are trying to save him. And I think they were crazy cautious with Isaiah Pacheco. Now he also had, you know, a cleanup on his shoulder to make sure mm-hmm. he's healthy for the postseason. Um, uh, let go to, uh, oh, you can ask the last two. Go ahead. Adrian Juarez asked, what does the right family uh, celebrate? the ho- Wait, what does the right family do to, do celebrate, to celebrate the holiday? The holidays? Oh, we just, uh, we'll see my mom, we'll see my sister, we'll do Christmas at our house, 
Uh, sat. This is the first year Demonze won't be in town for it. Uh, but Demonze's got a good setup in on the West Coast, so we'll FaceTime with him. And yeah, we just do. We were all together for Thanksgiving, and we'll all be together for next Christmas, hopefully. Um, but Demonze's out there working. Yeah, listen, so we don't pay him for the podcast, so he can't miss his actual job. He's got to make that money. Um, all right, uh, wh- what's the last one? Barbell Bryce asks, should the Seahawks roll with Locke just for fun or put Geno back in? Last night was just no, awesome listen, to watch and actually exciting. It was awesome. It was exciting. But you got if Geno's healthy, he's the Play better time's player. time's over. I mean, <laughs> the, well, no. I mean, if, listen, great job by Drew Locke. He did his job, and he did awesome. And maybe right. now a team will take a look at him. But you got to put the better player in. All right, see you guys on the herd around 1 Eastern on First Things First at 3, and then right back here on Thursday around 10.30. See you guys. Great job, Demonte. Great job, Blue Duck folks. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonte's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.